series called Love Like Jesus, and it has been one of my favorite series. And anything where I get to talk about relationships and how to help people have relationships and how I can connect people to other people, I'm pretty much excited about. And so we've been in a series called Love Like Jesus, and, and uh, we want you to know that we're, we want to love you the way Jesus loves us. And so we're glad you're here today. If you have a Bible, you can flip open to the book of Acts. We're going to be in the book of Acts. It's one of the greatest uh, churches ever, and um, I would like to walk through that church with you, what that church looked like. Um, today, this morning. But if you're joining us today, we've been using this verse out of John chapter 13. The Bible says this, you're to love one another or your love for one another. It'll prove to the world that you are my disciples. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. You should love one another. You should love people. You were designed to to love people. And so we realize this at our church that Jesus loved all people, Jesus loved at all times, and Jesus loved at all places. And because of that, we are called to love the way that He loved. And um, I don't want you to love the way I love. I, sometimes I love well, sometimes I do a terrible job at loving people. And, but we're all called to love people, to, to pour into people, and to spend time with people. We are supposed to do that the way that Jesus did it, not the way that we did it. And Jesus loved everybody, even you. The worst person in this room in here today, or the second worst person in this room, I'll take blame for being the first worst person, but Jesus loved us all the same way. He pursued us and he pursued us and he pursued us. And then that was week one. And then week two, we realized this, that um, we're, God's called us to forgive like Jesus. We're called to forgive like Jesus. And that was, that was probably hard for some people last week because man, it's hard to forgive. If we're honest in here today, the, the, the word forgiveness is a lot like the, the F word. It's hard for us to forgive. It's like, I don't know if I want to forgive, but I love last week because so many people were like, hey man, I, I was able to forgive somebody for the first time in a long time. Or I had, um, I seen some of you guys, you actually went out and bought balloons and let some balloons go. And God's called us to let go. Whenever we can let go of those offenses, we can let go of those, those hurts, let some go of some of that pain. And when we let it go, then we can grow. When we let go, we can grow. And so we, that was last week. But today I want to look at one more, um, this idea of loving like Jesus. And I believe this. Am I back in? Yeah. I believe that Jesus shared well. And I think God wants you and I to share like Jesus. I think he made you and I to share like him. He designed us to share our life with other people and, and he wanted us to share our life with other people so much that he actually modeled it for us and he actually shared his life with us. He shared his life so much that he actually gave his life for us. And I think Jesus wants you and I to share our life with people around us. I, um, I, I wrote down some scripture today, I think in this idea of, of sharing and, 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 and I think we're gonna get to that in just a moment, but I, it's hard for us to share sometimes. It's hard for us to, I realize that it's hard to develop friendships today in 2017. And um, I wrote down this, social media and technology has redefined the way that we do life with other people. Social media and technology has redefined the way that we do life with others, and before you get like, oh, he's anti-social media, I'm obviously not anti-social media, I'm actually for it. I think it's one of the greatest tools that God has given us. I don't think Mark Zuckerberg designed it, I think God designed it, and I think he gave it to us to use to connect with the world. And so now more than ever, we can connect with everyone around the entire world from our home. And I think that's amazing. But there's some reasons why we don't share life with other people, and maybe you can identify with one of these, and, and, and if you can't, there's maybe something else that's a, that's a, a sub-point of this, but People are working more. That's one of the reasons why it's hard to, it's hard to be friends. We, we have a job, and, or maybe we have, we have three part-time jobs. 
or four part-time jobs or five part-time jobs or we have a regular job and then we have the, the side work and without getting into all the reasons why we need more money, but we think we need more money. Our culture tells us you need to buy more, get more, buy more, get more. And so we have this life where it's hard to build relationships because we're always working. I can't hang out tonight because I'm, because I'm working. I can't hang out tomorrow because I'm, I'm working overtime. Or I can't work out, I can't hang out with you on Sunday. I can't make it to church. I can't share life with you. I can't maybe be in a group because I'm, I'm always busy working. I gotta pay my bills. And, and if you're honest in here today, don't be offended because you're, you're not gonna pay my bills. And I'm not gonna pay your bills. So someone's gotta pay the bills. But we always are, we're working. People are working more. Here's another reason why it's hard for us to share our life with the people is that people are moving more frequently. People are moving more frequently. How many of you guys have moved in the last two years? Yeah, a lot. If we study this, this idea of friending, or maybe how many, how many of you guys have moved in the last five years? It probably gets a lot more because the statistics tell us that people are moving on every five to seven years. It used to be uh, some of you guys that are more mature in life, you buy a home and you stay in that home. But culture tells us to buy more, get more, buy more, get more. But people are moving. It's hard to be friends for for a long period of time. We lived in the same home for, for almost eight years and we moved out here to start this church and hopefully we'll stay at this house for, for a long period of time. And the reason why is because I hate moving, you know? No other reason but that. And so I, I realized that people are moving more. We're, we're, we're going different places. We're, we're gonna buy a new home and we're gonna move here and we're gonna move there and we're gonna get a, do nicer for our family this and it's okay, but we, it's hard for us to be friends because we move. And here's the third thing I wrote down. People are talking more online and less in person. People are talking more online and less in person. There's very little face-to-face contact. And looking at a tablet, <laughs> this does not count. <laughs> this is like, it would be weird. Like this is if I was talking to you today and, and, I, and I was just, this is not talking, this isn't friending, this isn't relationship building when you're looking at a device. And I'll be honest with you today, and I think sometimes we're actually, a lot of us are actually, we're better social media friends <laughs> than we actually are real, real friends. We wouldn't even know what to say. Like we say some really kind things on social media. And I'm like, I wonder if they would say that to my face. But on the flip side, we say some really raunchy things on social media. You know, if you're, if you're in here today and you're young or you have a clue a little bit, but there's a thing called subtweeting. And basically what that means is if I wanna say something about Randy and Debbie, I basically say something about Randy and Debbie, but I take Randy and Debbie's name out of it. And I just, and I, and I just, and I just write the same thing. And, and if anybody knows anything about your friends, they know the situation, they'll know I'm talking about Randy and Debbie, but I'm not really saying Randy and Debbie. It's subtweeting, and it's hard for us. We, we always, we, nowadays we can just be, we can say whatever we want on social media, and we can say things, and we can be a certain way on social media, and it limits us from being. Some of you guys, I feel like I've seen you all summer long, but you haven't been in this building in eight weeks. But because I'm on social media, it's positive. I can, I can see where you're going. I can see where you, where you went. I like, sometimes I feel like I went on vacation with you, because I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I could go there if I, if I want to go there, but the pictures alone look amazing. I feel like I'm there. You know, some of you guys went to different places around, um, around, around the country even today, and I thought, well, man, look, look at this. this is pretty cool. I'm actually, I'm actually there. I'm looking at this HD photo of you being in Tahiti, and I feel like I'm there, you know? But we have this social media thing. It's defined the way that we do friending or we do relationships or we share our life with other people and and maybe you're here today and you're like, man, Wes, I, this, is, this is good. You're, you're off to a good start, but let me pop, pump the brakes. I'm not designed to have friends. <laughs> Wes, I'm not relational. I don't, I don't need friends. I don't want friends. I don't even care for friends. I want more friends. 
I want to be friends with everyone in this building and more. I want to keep on being friends with everybody. I was with Nick this past week, and we went to Axum, and, and Nick's like, and I walked in, and I saw this guy, and I saw the next guy, and I shook his hand. Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. How are you doing? And I said, Nick, I want to know everyone in this city. There's only 40,000 people. You know, like, I want to get to know them all. Like, I want to know everyone in this, and, and I, want to, I want to be able to shake hands with everybody. I, I get my hair cut once a week, and I, and I see Stefan, and because I met Stefan, when people come in, like, I want to stay there and hang out and talk to people that are Stefan's friends. And I met Brian, and I met Brian at the barbershop, and Brian's at our church day because I knew Stefan, and now I know Brian. Now I want to know some more of Brian's friends. And Brian is a, is a master griller, and he hasn't invited me over yet, but I want to go and be a part of the cookouts with him. I want to, I want to be, and I want to hang out with more, with more people. I want to share life with more people because I think God designed us to share life with people. And, and don't just take my word for it. The Bible tells us this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is a, this is a very important text for, for us today and for my own life. But then God said this. Let us make human beings in our image. And if you're smart today, leave that verse up there for a second. If you're smart today, you're probably thinking, Jesus is talking to himself. And so you're thinking, I'm in good shape because I talk to myself. <laughs> and uh, my dad always told me it was okay to talk to yourself. But whenever you start to answer your own questions, you got a problem. But I realized Jesus said, God said this, let us make man, or let us make humans in our image. Basically he's saying this, let us make them a community or relational being. Because God himself, he uses the word our, which, which indicates the fact that he's talking about God the Father. Here's a theology lesson for you. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But like my son told me one day when he was in the bathroom, those three people, they're really just one person. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, but they're really just one person. Like I am a son, and I am a father, and I am a husband. I am still just one person. And praise God that I'm just one person, because if I was more than one person, we would all be frustrated. There's only one of me and there's only one of you, but God made us to be in his image, and he was a community being. He was a relational being. He hung out with people. Genesis chapter two, verse 18, the Bible says this. Then God said again, it is not good for man to be alone. And all the ladies said, uh-huh, I know that's right. God made us to not be alone. God created the heaven, I mean, God created everything. God even created the solar eclipse that's gonna happen tomorrow. He made all these things and he got to West Beach and where he got to Adam and he said, this is, this is not good. This is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. He, you know, the, the six days of creation, on the seventh day he rested. He did all these things, and this is good, this is good, this is good. And he, he made a man, a man was by himself, and, he, and God said, this is not good. So you're like, man, God, did God make a mistake? Absolutely not. But the Bible says that he wasn't, he, he couldn't stop there. That God needed a, a man, and, and God made a man, and God had to make a, a woman because, and make other people because he wanted us, he designed us to be in relationship. And then Ecclesiastes chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter four, I love this verse. I was with a couple yesterday and I'm doing their wedding September the 1st and, um, and she was saying, we're gonna have a reading at our wedding. I said, oh, what are you gonna read? We're reading Ecclesiastes chapter four and as you can tell, I'm with a lot of people all the time, but Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine says, two people are better off than one because they can help each other succeed. And uh, we can land the plane there and if you're like, why would I be in community? Why would I be in relationship with other people? Because you're better with somebody else. <laughs> because two can actually help you succeed. You actually, 
You're actually better. I left with uh, Frankie and, and Joe yesterday, Francesca and, and Joe, and I said, you know what? I hope when I meet you guys in a year from now, you're a lot better than you are today. Dustin and Cynthia got married a year ago. I did, I did their wedding, and Dustin's not much better, but he's better a year later. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cynthia and Cindy's like, please keep praying for him. He's got a long way to go. And um, that's why it's forever, till death do his part. You know what I'm saying? Might have to kill him. But you're better. We're better together. I spent some time with my man on, on, on the front row this week, Jeff's birthday, hung out with him yesterday. But he's better with Rhiannon. I know he is. He'd, he'd be missing his shoes if it wasn't for Rhiannon. And, um, and, and I hung out with Matt this week, and Matt's better with Whitney. And, and we're better when we're with people. And it goes on even further in that passage of Scripture. It says that actually three is actually better than two. <laughs> Profound, right? Three is actually better than two. It's us, it's you, and another person, and it's God. We're better in that trinity. We're better when we're together. So what does it look like, Wes, when we begin to share our lives with other people? I know you say we're better together and we're not created to be alone and, and God made us in his image, which all those things are true, but what does it look like when the church comes together? If you have a Bible, you're already in Acts chapter two. This is probably one of my favorite texts of all times and all the scripture. This is a church. Um, this is when the church began in Acts chapter two and this church goes viral way before YouTube, way before social media. And this would make, um, you know, we, we've grown and uh, we're praying and believing and we're praying and, and we're, we're gonna add a next, uh, another service next year in 2018. And I was talking with a buddy of mine this week and he was saying, okay, what happens after two services? I'm like, I haven't thought that far yet. He's like, well, you should, because when you go to two services, statistics tell us you're gonna grow X amount because now you have another option and you're gonna grow more. What are you gonna do next? We started dreaming about Saturday services or started dreaming about a second location that maybe was a little bit smaller, but it was a permanent location for us. We began to dream and began to dream and began to dream. And this church shared its life with each other and it grew leaps and bounds. The first day, we had 350 people at this church. We're turning two in September. We had 350 people, 330, something like that, on our first day. On this, church first, on this church's first day, they had several thousand people on their very first day. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That would be a nightmare if several thousand people showed up here. We couldn't house them all here. There's not enough service times. There's not enough things we could do. Um, we just couldn't get it all. My friend Chris is here today, and he's, a, he's the executive director of this, of this YMCA, and he would it would be a nightmare if we had a thousand people show up. We'd have a lot of work to do, but I wanna, I wanna show you today what it looks like when the, church, when the church gets it, when we all get it as a community, what this looks like when, when we get that we're relational, we're actually called to do life, when we actually believe, when we begin to believe and live as if God has called us to share our lives like he did. Acts chapter two, verse 42, all the believers, all of them, the whole entire community, themselves, um, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, and they shared in meals. If you, um, if you write in your Bible, or if you, have a, if, you, if, you, if you write in your Bible, or if you highlight in your Bible, just keep track of how many times we just use the word shared, or fellowship, or together. And in my Bible, in this preaching Bible that I use up here, I circled the word sharing in the very first verse, and I, sh I, share I circled the word fellowship because those are two words that communicate sharing our life with people. Verse 43, the Bible tells us, a deep sense of awe came over them. All the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And I believe that God wants to do some miraculous signs and wonders 
and this community as well. I don't think miraculous signs and wonders are just for the Acts chapter church. I think he has it for our church and for you as a person. If you're looking today, you came, you came here to looking for a miracle, I believe that God still works miracles. That some of you guys are actually here, it actually is a miracle. I love, I was talking to a guy the other day, I was getting an estimate on, on a fence at my house and, and um, I, was telling the, I was telling this guy, he goes, oh, um, he was telling me about your church and I'm like, um, he says, tell me what your demograph is and I'm like, well, that sounds rude to say, what's your demograph of your church? I said, we like people that are least likely to be in a church. And he was like, what? I go, yeah, I said, we want people that are least likely to attend a church, we want them to attend our church. <laughs> he says, you're crazy. I said, I know. But I, that's what we want. We want people that are, that, that, that are looking for hope. They're looking for something that can change their life. They're looking for a sign and a wonder, something, that, something that's miraculous, something that could change their life forever. And we have that. And people that think they have it all together, they don't really need Jesus because they have it all together. I want people that are least likely to be in a church because I think God could do something miraculous and there'd be some wonder that would happen in that person's life. Verse 44, all the believers, they were together in one place. And again, this word shared everything that they had. They'd sold their property and their possessions and they shared their money with those in need. You're like, oh, check please, I'm leaving West. You just said share my money. <laughs> I'm not sharing my, I don't even know these guys. Why would I share my, why would I share my money? I don't mind sharing my kids because I have three-year-old twins. You can, you can borrow one, but like, you want me to share my money? That's a big, that's a tall that's a tall ask. You want me to share, share my money? This verse, this text, this church said they shared everything. They sold their property and possessions and they shared their money with those in need. Verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, which we're gonna do today. And they shared meals with great joy and generosity. They, that word shared again with great joy and generosity. I love the word generosity. One of our core values of this church is generosity. I believe when you live a life that's generous, you, you never go without. You ever met someone who's generous? They never run out of what they gave. If you're generous, you'll always have. I just believe that. I believe in, I believe in this idea of reaping and sowing. I believe in John chapter 10, the Bible tells that God come to give us a life and a, an abundant life, an, an incredible life, a life that we, can, we, can even, we can't imagine. Ephesians tells us that God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or even think. I believe that God wants us to have this abundant life. And the Bible says that they shared what they had. And the Bible says they never, this church never ran out. If they would have ran out, it would have told us so. But they never ran out. They always had, they always had, and they gave. And then they, when they didn't have something, they would sell this, and then they would go here, and they would sell this, and then they would go here. But I believe that God has called you and I to share all that we we have, and the good news today is I'm not asking you to sell your house to give, to take care of somebody in here. I'm not asking you to sell your house. And I think sometimes we think that God wants us to give up everything, but sometimes God wants us just to give up a little bit. And God wants so much from you, man. God wants so much from me. And sometimes he just wants a little bit from you. It may feel like a lot to you, but sometimes God just wants you to give a little bit because God can do a lot with a little. God can use me if God can use a, a young man in the Bible with a, with a couple of Happy Meals and feed 5,000 people, don't you think that God can do the same exact thing with your little bit, with your small amount, with your one talent or your, your little bit of ability or your little bit of, a little bit of your time? God can do immeasurably more with that. The Bible says they shared meals with great joy and generosity. All, the whole entire time, <laughs> while they were sharing that stuff and they were selling their possessions to give to the poor, the whole entire time this says, they were praising God 
and they, they were enjoying the goodwill of other people. Man, I, I like that. That sounds good to me. That sounds like, where do I sign up? I want that. That's the kind of church I want to be a, a, be a part of. That's the kind of community. That's the kind of people that I want to, I, I want to be a, I want to be a part of. I, I love that. Our church is becoming a generous church. We're, we're a baby church. It's hard to get two-year-olds to realize that they're actually supposed to give what they have away. But for us to be, as a young community, we're getting generosity. Uh, a family in our church was, was in need, and I love to see that this fam- our church say, hey, we want to help be a part of that, and we want to help that family. And I, I love when Adam had to move a few weeks ago, and six of the men, I didn't even, he didn't even know six guys, but somehow he got six guys to show up, and they all helped him. They helped move his stuff and into this place. And I, I love that. I love that we could share. I love the story of the lady who said, Man, I, I, things were tight, and I love that the lady in our church said, I'm gonna help you and I'm gonna give you diapers and I'm gonna help take care of you. I'm gonna help pr- provide for you. I love the different stories of generosity that happens all throughout, all throughout the church. A guy in our church just a few, a few days ago sent me a text. Hey, I, I just, God wanted me to get, bless, your, bless your church and so I'm gonna send you a check for $1,000 and you guys do whatever it is that you guys need to do with it to help people go further in their walk with, with Jesus Christ. And I'm like, okay, fine. And so I just believe that God has called us to be generous people for us to take care of each other, for us to share with other people. We're about to be in community groups and we have 13 community groups. A church of our size shouldn't have 13 community groups. We don't have enough space, enough houses to host that many groups, but we keep on asking people and people keep on saying, yes, I got a brand new home. You guys bring your kids, bring whatever you want and this is my house, you guys can, you guys can use it. I love Joe and Shannon's last night and Dinah, and Dinah said to me yesterday, Joe, Joe Dinah said to me, Joe, and Joe is very proud of that house because he worked so hard to get it. But a lot of times I think it's easy for a guy like Joe to work and get that house and say, this is mine. I'm going to keep all this to me. But it's another thing when you get that God's called to share life, say, look what I did. Look how hard I worked. Look how God blessed me. And I got this. And I, now I want to share with everybody. I want, I want everyone to be able to, I want everybody to be able to see this. I want everybody to be able to experience what God's blessed me with. I think that's a, that's this idea of sharing like this church did. And let's look what happens when they shared because the Bible says that this something happened. It was pretty miraculous. All the, all the while they were praising God and they were enjoying the goodwill of all the people. The Bible says, and, whenever there's an and, there's a good thing to look at or to lock in. Every single day or each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wes, why were the people saved? Or let me ask you, Hope Church, why were the people saved? I believe the church was saved, lives were changed, all because they were sharing. They were modeling what Jesus would do. Do you remember the bracelets, WWJD? Those were so cool when they came out. No one raised their hand, awesome. Um, Thanks, sympathy raise, I appreciate it. Yes, anybody still wear one? Uh, Garrett. Garrett McLagan, Dustin, a, a, a guy that runs with uh, Dustin, and it was part of our church, and they, his, him and his wife actually got us the opportunity to be, have church here in the YMCA. And I think Garrett, Garrett, Garrison, Garrison, I think Garrison is the only guy I know that still wears a WWJD bracelet, but he rocks. I probably got one somewhere in some box of some stuff that I'm never ever gonna look at ever again that I probably should throw away. But we're called to do what Jesus would do, and what Jesus would do and what he came to do is to share his life with people. And so I want to give you a couple things that I think that we could take home. That I think we could take home with us today that we can say, okay, this church did it and this would have happened if, if we did this. And this church shared everything that they had. They shared their time and they shared their talents and they shared their, their, 
their treasure, their, their, their generosity with their, with their finances. And, and before I go too far, I want you to know in this room in here today that everyone has something that they can share. Yeah, everyone does. She, that's an amen. I take that. Everyone, everyone has something that they can share in here today. When you, uh, Stephen, Stephen's talent, you see him every single week. He's here. He shares his time every single Saturday night. And he shares, he, he's a, he's a, um, my mind, my, my mind's leaving me, but he works with technology and, and with social media. And, and, and you can't search, if you search churches in a Coe or in Winter Garden or Windermere, the number one church that you'll see pop up will be Hope Church Winter Garden because he's developed his, his he, he's used his, his ability, his, his, um, his talent to use, to use his talent to be able to help this church to be seen on the internet. You all have something to use. You see Kara walking around here today and she's taking pictures and that may seem super small to you today. That's not a big deal, but that is her, that's her talent and, and that's her ability. And you all in this room here today, you have something that you can, some of you guys can share. Some of you guys, like, I can share my finances because I don't have a lot of time. I, I work long hours, I do this. And, or some of you guys, you have time and so you share, you share a lot of time. And some of you guys, you're just super talented at X and so you share your, your, your talent. Everyone has something that they can share here at this church. Like Wes, what if what if what if I'm not perfect? Well, you're 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 great for this church. <laughs> what if if you think you have nothing to offer, you're a prime candidate. I think when you look at stories in the Bible where Jesus used people, those people thought the same thing that you and I think. Well, God can't use me. God can't use little old me. God can't use me. I'm not I'm not good enough, or I'm not I don't have the talents that they have. I don't have this, and it's easy to look around and say what you don't have. But God looks at you and says, Hey, you have something that I want that I can use. Everyone has something that we can, we can share. I'm gonna invite Jeremiah to come up and invite the whole band to come up. This is gonna be the fastest landing that you guys have ever experienced. Here's what I believe. Number one, we can take this home today. When you share like Jesus, the world notices. When you share like Jesus, the whole entire world notices. Explain, Wes. Acts chapter two, the Bible says that when they did all these things, when they shared and when they shared and when they were together and they were shared, when they were together and when they shared and when they were together and they were in fellowship, the Bible says that the whole entire world noticed so much that Jesus, that people were added to the community. People were added to the group. People saw what was going on. They noticed what they, they, noticed what they noticed and they said, cool, I wanna be a part of, I wanna be a part of that. I'm, I'm interested in that. I wanna, I wanna be a part of that. I, and when they got there, the Bible says that their lives were changed completely. They were, their lives were flipped upside down. We share like Jesus, the whole entire world notices. It happens. I believe this is why I like social media. I think you can, there's so much you can be seen on social media. When we share our lives with people, people see it on social media. And Wes is always at dinner with people, or so and so is always at dinner with people. When you share your life with people, people, the whole world notices. When you open up your home to this community or to people, and you say, man, my neighbors are like, how do you get, how do you get that many people fit in your house when you have community group? How do you have 30 people with kids in your house? I said, it's a bad idea. It's probably a fire hazard. But here's the reality is I'm going to open up what I have and I'm going to share it because when we share, the neighbors ask. The neighbors ask. They notice, at our house, they notice two things. We're never there. But when we are there, there's other people there. My, every, number one question my kids ask me, outside of why and how come and uh, outside of that, uh, is a question in our house. When we go places, like, who are we going with? That's what they ask all the time because they know that God's called us to share our life with people. We went on vacation a few weeks ago down south and like, who's going with us? I'm like, we're taking just you guys. We can go places without other people. They're like, well, prove it. <laughs> right now, we're doing it right now. I can't, I, I don't know about next time, but I know right now we are. 
they like prove it. I believe when we share our life with other people, the world notices. Here's the second thing I want you to see. When you share your life like Jesus, there's always more room at the table. There's always more room at the table. And this isn't a stretch today. This isn't a new sermon, but you, you know this about our church. There's always gonna be more room for more people to come in here. 85% of churches are in plateau or decline. You wanna know why? Because the church has got enough people at the table and said, all right, no more people can get at the table. And, and in, some of those, in some of those percentages, people that have the table full, they only have people that look like them at the table. We're committed to having everyone that doesn't look like us, doesn't smell like us, doesn't talk like us, doesn't act like us. We're, we're committed to opening up more spaces so more people can come to the table. We're already preparing to have more people to come to the table next year when we open up this thing, that when we go to Tuesday, we're already preparing for that. Diane and I talk about all the time, we're gonna, we're gonna open it up because when you open it up the table, when you open up a space table, I've, what I've noticed is when you go to a restaurant and someone shows up that doesn't belong there, like, oh, let's get them a chair. And you'll put 20 chairs at a 10, people, at a 10, at a 10 seater because you wanna get more people. Last night, point example, Lee's like, hey, you guys wanna go to, um, you guys wanna go with us, the whole entire CrossFit box is gonna go to this restaurant. And, and there was me like, once I heard there was over 10 people, I, I get this thing called restaurant anxiety. <laughs> it's, it, you might call it snobbish. It's like the most unpeople th person thing that I actually do. If there's too many people, I'm not interested, Clay. Why would I wanna go sit for an hour and a half with a bunch of people when I can go sit there for 45 minutes, you know what I'm saying? I got places to be. It's Sunday, I got a nap to get to. I got priorities, you know? <laughs> I don't want to go. We went to, we went to Chili's on Father's Day with, with my dad. We were at Chili's for two hours. Why would I want to do that? I don't, but I did. He's not here. It's his fault for not being here today. I did it. But it was all my family, all, all my siblings and six kids and all the grandkids. And like, that's just too many people. I, after about, after, when, it gets to the, when it gets to the teens, I'm like, forget it. Tonight I'm going out with, with Debbie and Randy and, and we invited another couple and, and they said, no, I was like, oh, too bad. It's going to be faster now. <laughs> Is that rude? No, because we're in here, so I don't care. You know, like I already said, like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be faster. There'll be less laughs without this couple, but we're gonna, why, but it'll be fine. I want more people at the table. We're gonna make space for more people to come to the table. And let me say this real quick. You know, I, I live in this tension of what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say. And I know what you're thinking. You basically, you most, most of the time, you just say what you're not supposed to say, Wes. You don't live in attention. I, I, hate, I hate everything that our world's going through right now. I hate it. And I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. But here's what I, here's what I, here's what I do know, is that we're, we're gonna model Jesus and we're for all people. We really are. We're for all people. We're for the darkest person in the world and the lightest person in the world. We're for every good cop, and we're for every bad cop. We're for people. And we're for every Republican in this room here today, and we're for every Democrat, and we're for everyone in between there, okay? So I think that covered everybody. Is that okay with you guys? White to black, Republican to this. We're for everybody. And listen, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, I don't have to be like you, you don't have to be like me. We don't have to agree on everything. It's so, it's so hard, but here, here's, what, here's what I know. My stance, I, I love my buddy, my, my buddy posted yesterday, but you know, my stance is in the middle. 
And I don't, I don't know, and I know that it's so, it's so hard, and people are like, oh, that's, that's your generation. You guys won't take a stand for anything you believe in. My stance is where I'm gonna stand at is I'm gonna stand right in the middle. Because I believe there was a man who came to this earth, and he stood in the middle. And when he gave his life for us, he was between a guy who deserved it and a guy who deserved it, and he stood right in the middle. And the one guy over here chose life eternal while he was on the cross. Talk about in just the nick of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'll follow Jesus. <laughs> I'm gone, you know, like straight to heaven. Like that's, that's cheating, that's not fair, you know? We got this guy over here who gave his life, who, 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 who lost his life, but committed to his relationship, moved into a relationship with Jesus Christ and he went to attorney. And we got a guy over here who was just like this guy over here, but this guy said, you know what? You're not the son of God. And Jesus was right in the middle. And there was another time where Jesus, and we'll probably talk about this in, in a, couple, a couple days or a couple weeks, but there was another time where Jesus came and, and, and these, these Pharisees, these church people threw this raunchy sinner down at Jesus' feet and they were there and then they all got all the spiritual people and they lined up over here and they were pointing their finger at her and I see a Jesus in the scripture, he actually gets down and he gets right in the, in the middle. I see Jesus in the middle. I see Jesus in the middle. I see another story in the scriptures where, where Jesus, um, this, this guy comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my, my daughter, um, she, she's dying. Can you come and help her? And I, I see him start to go and, and, and go, to, go to help her. And when he, when he goes to help her, another lady comes and he's going and she grabs him by the, by his, by the bottom of his, of his, of his uh, skirt there. And Jesus wore a skirt. So if you wear a skirt, it's fine. But this long dress skirt thing, and he grabbed him by the robe and it stopped. And I see Jesus stuck in the middle and he heals one. And he, as he's going to heal the other one, he doesn't get there in time to what everyone else thinks. And Jesus says, oh, she's just sleeping. He eventually gets it. But I see Jesus right in the middle. I see him right in the middle so many times. I see another story in the scriptures that um, where, where Jesus is, is, is trying, to, trying to help people. And there's this huge need. There's this huge, big group of people saying, I need this. And I, I see him look at his disciple and say, hey, you gotta feed those people. And they're like, we don't know how to. And they don't look, they're looking at the crowd. And Jesus goes, you gotta look at, you gotta look at the crowd. Just lock in with me. And Jesus stood in the middle of a big need, some people that he wanted to use, and he became the thing that the people needed because he stood right in the, right in the middle. I, I think you're getting it. I think Jesus wants us right in the middle. I think he wants us to say black lives matter. I really think he wants us to say that but I also want to th I think he wants to tell us that anybody that's wearing a stripe and a badge, we gotta honor and respect them as well. I just believe he wants us in the middle. And if you're not okay with that, it's fine. But I just think if we're gonna do what Jesus called us to do and we're gonna share that, I think we can only do what he did. I think he'd want us that. The church people are like, hey, you can't go to that party with the tax collector. And he was in the middle and Jesus was like, well, watch. He, he, he grabbed their hand and took them with him. He's like, you might as well come with us. You see him there and these guys are watching him to see what he would do and these tax collectors are watching him to see what he would do, but he was right in the middle. He's right in the middle. When we share our life with people, the world notices, and they really do. The whole world notices and, and they're interested. And when we share life with other people, there's more room at the table.